We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another BuzzBeat. We appreciate you making us a part of your podcast rotation. This is Richie, and I'll be joined today by Kyle Bailey. You can listen to Kyle on WFNZ in Charlotte 92.7 every weekday at 3 p.m. You can also hear him on the Hornets pregame shows. I've been on both of those, so I figured I'd return the favor and invite you on uh, our show, Kyle. How's it going? going well man i appreciate the invitation thank you for always uh, giving us great content so it's good to, jo- good to join you now I, i've got two kids and, and that's plenty enough for me but what, what are you up to now three yeah yeah three kids under three i've got a uh, two-year-old daughter uh she'll turn three soon but i got a, <clears throat> i got a two-year-old daughter a one-year-old son and uh a three and a half week old daughter so uh it is chaotic in my house right now yeah, so we we've got the one on one situation, the the two v two, but you you are actually going to be in zone coverage from here on out, right? <laughs> that is correct. That is yeah. correct. It is a uh, it's a very different world. Um, you know, fortunately, both my toddlers are uh, becoming more and more independent all the time. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's still a lot of work, but uh, you know, it's, we we have a pretty decent situation. Uh, but at the same time, you know, all of a sudden going from uh, one having one, the other having the other, to uh, trying to figure out. <laughs> You know, who's playing what space, who's got what zone of the kitchen and living room uh, has been somewhat challenging, but we're blessed. So I appreciate you asking. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got the Hornets playing well post-trade deadline with the acquisitions of Trey Mann, Bertans, the two hometown kids, and Grant Williams and Seth Curry. When these trades were going down, especially considering the fact that the Hornets got rid of some of the guys that, that were like heavily in the rotation, did you have any sense that this team would be playing this good? No, none whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was excited for the homecomings of Seth Curry and Grant Williams. Like a lot of people, I thought that the first-round pick in the Dallas deal was great. Uh, I thought Trey Mann was intriguing. You know, it's sort of like a second draft candidate or a guy who, you know, wasn't getting minutes but had come out of the draft or, I guess, entered the NBA as a top-20 pick. And, you know, there were real hopes for him. And so I, I thought they had done some nice things. But it, it really – no one could have predicted, you know, how well they played, how well they've come together. But uh, I think Mitch Kupchak did a great job uh, about a week and a half ago, I guess now, in freshening up this roster, refocusing it around the core of this team in the future. And I think you see a, a very different attitude and approach inside the locker rooms. So, man, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, in addition to the wins that they've had, this three-game win streak, it's just the style of play that has been very pleasing on the eyes, unselfish play, the defense has been sound. It's it's really been fun to watch. 
And I know you probably can't pick one player or you don't want to pick one player, but of all the players that Charlotte acquired at the trade deadline, which one has stood out to you the most in terms of like how they've impacted this team over these past three games? Um, You're right. Picking one is tough, but I would actually probably go with Trey Mann. You know, Vasa Misic has been a great story, and obviously the guy can hoop. Davis Bertans is what we thought he would be. I think the same thing is kind of true of Grant Williams. He and Seth Curry, I think, are, are really important in terms of their maturity and leadership and the care factor of coming back to Charlotte. But, I mean, Trey Mann, from a production standpoint, just to play on the court perspective, I, I think it's, what, 22 assists in his first three games? Uh, dropped 21 in the final game before the All-Star break. Uh, showed up, according to Steve Clifford, and just been a sponge. Uh, been very humble in his approach, and you know there's some debate, and maybe you can you know get, tell me what you think about this. But you know maybe there's some debate about whether or not he and Lamelo Ball can play in the same backcourt together. But for a team, an organization that has quite frankly been starved for point uh, guard depth and just guard depth in general the past couple of years, man, in the early going, he looks like a godsend. So I'm going to go with Trey. I'm going to go with Trey Matt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I, I debate between Grant Williams or Trey Mann. And to your point about whether or not they can play together, I mean, hopefully LaMelo's on the verge of coming back. Hopefully we'll get to see them play together at, you know, as soon as possible. I think offensively it can work. The, the defensive side is where I'm a little bit hesitant on whether or not uh, because they just don't have the size. And I think uh, yep. neither, neither player, I think, is going to be able to guard the point of attack consistently and kind of withstand that guy. But we will see how that plays out um, moving forward. But yeah, I would go Grant Williams or Trey Mann as like the top two guys that have had like the biggest impact on the team so far. And I've had conversations with the co-host about this type of activity and, and the types of deals that they've made in the past. And I don't think that this trade deadline would have happened under MJ, like trading away Rozier a week and a half before the deadline signal to me that this team was like trying to switch things up. They were trying to go for some type of reset. And I, I'm assuming the new owners had a lot of say in this deadline. What are your early thoughts on Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin so far? Well, I got a chance to talk with Rick Schnall on my show uh, a couple of months ago, I guess it was. And I really liked him. Um, and I don't mean that, you know, as a personal, hey, I want to hang out with Rick Schnall type of deal. <laughs> um, so much as I, I liked what he had to say about the city, his belief in the market, and the fan base, and where they wanted to take this. I believe that Rick Schnall is a passionate basketball fan. Uh, you've heard the stories about his, you know, attending fantasy camps in his 40s and 50s. Like, he, he's a diehard basketball fan who also happens to be a very wealthy man with a very wealthy partner. Um, and I think they really want to put something special together here. Now, 
lots of ownership groups or individual owners have started out with um, big plans, grandiose plans for what they want to do. And it doesn't always come together, but uh, I like their passion for the game. I thought what Mitch Kupchak said uh, a week and a half ago about, I think he said shockingly knowledgeable was the phrase that he used about Schnall and Plotkin when talking about the current roster and the players. You know, we here we are every day in my seat anyway, talking about football ownership being too involved. So I think you always want to make sure there's a line there. Uh, but the, the fact that ownership said, hey, we got to start moving toward the future. Um, they didn't necessarily tell Mitch who to draft or who to trade for, rather. But they said, hey, let's start resetting this roster with an eye toward the future. They empowered him to do that. And, uh, you know, that's the role they're going to play moving forward. I think it should be for all ownership. That's, that's exciting and that's a positive development. Yeah, there is a fine line. Like you want you want the interest level to be there. You want the involvement to be there. But, you know, you don't necessarily want to be getting into Tepper territory. Um, but right, right. yeah, but yeah, I think the conventional thinking, like if, if you are in the Hornets position right now or, you know, prior to the trade deadline and kind of like their lack of competitiveness that you probably needed to completely revamp the roster and just kind of go for the draft picks. But I feel like the owners did a good job of kind of balancing in terms of getting a couple of first round picks, but you're still adding depth with these players that they brought in. And so, yeah. you know, they, they've done a good job in terms of like keeping the team or trying to keep the team competitive while still picking up future assets down the road. And obviously the next the next thing that they need to do is kind of get a replacement for Mitch Kupchak. And uh, they, they want to get it done before the end of the season, which is going to have some benefits in getting them in-house uh, and kind of get the lay of the land as soon as possible. Now, I don't want to look too far into the offseason, but the, uh, the Hornets kind of need to build off this momentum. And we want this momentum to continue all the way until April. And they've got some decisions to make with some non-guaranteed contracts with Bertans and Curry and JT Thor. But I think the biggest decision revolves around Miles Bridges, who's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. They do have his bird rights. So they can go over the cap to sign him. Um, if you were the new GM, would you look to keep him or would you try to work a sign-in trade? Uh, yeah. It's Here's tough. The thing. Um, it, it is tough because I understand the reaction that many have to Miles Bridges when we discuss what happened with Miles Bridges off the court. I, I also understand the nature of pro sports, as you do, that, you know, talented players, so long as certain lines aren't crossed, will always get second chances. Uh, they, you know, talent allows for that to be the case, right or wrong. So what we know, I think, about this team right now is that Brandon Miller is, you know, the he and LaMelo Ball are the two most important pieces that they have. Um, you know, obviously there's an emerging debate about whether or not Brandon Miller is going to be the, the Batman to his Robin. And, you know, we can save that for another time. But those two are part of the core of this team. We think Mark Williams is too. And I like Mark Williams a lot. Although if I'm being completely honest with you, back injury, certainly one like this, scare me with big men. Mm -hmm. And I think they scare a lot of people. And so um, we thought it's going to be in the back of our minds for a while now. And then, you know, can you have a core of four guys? I think, I think Miles Bridges has shown that, you know, he can be um, maybe not a top, top-end player, but that second tier down. I don't know if he wants to prove something to the city of Charlotte and, and to the people here, as he kind of indicated with that report from Brian Windhorst that he didn't want to go anywhere. Um, look, as you said, they've got his birds right, bird rights. They can sign it. You know, it's not, a, not an issue of cap space. Do I think if there's a sign-in trade out there that can make this team better that they should do it? Yes, absolutely. But my, my hunch is that they're actually going to look to keep Miles Bridges here, at least for the, the here and now. I don't know what you think about that, but I, I, I would understand a sign and trade that clearly makes this team better. But I think right now their headspace is they're looking to probably keep Miles Bridges here for at least the, 
the short term to intermediate future. Yeah, those are kind of my exact thoughts in terms of like maybe fielding offers, seeing if there is a sign and trade out there. But you kind of get the feeling that they might keep him around. And I know that's going to upset a lot of fans and, you know, from the off court type of perspective. But we will see how that goes. Uh, final question before I get you out of here, Kyle. It's from one of our listeners, Michael, who submitted this through our Substack chat. He asked about the post all star break priority. Should it be? the high lottery pick odds or should it be winning games to create momentum for next season? Oh, I think it's winning games. I think it has to be. Um, this is a draft that I think the best player in this upcoming draft could be picked 8th, 11th, 16th. It's not that it's a bad draft. It's an unknown draft. There's no consensus, right? So there are players that people like. I mean, I had somebody something uh, for Alexander Saar on my text line on Friday. Uh, brother of Olivier Saar. I had, you know, got some Ron Holland fans and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But I, I this is not one of those drafts. So if you end up picking seventh, so be it. Um, I'd like to see them continue to go try to win games. They've reorganized this roster with a bunch of veteran role players and even a, a young role player or two like Trey Mann. Um, they've refocused it around Miller and the ball and Bridges. So uh, build some momentum. That, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, it's going to be hard to tell Steve Clifford and Brandon Miller and Grant Williams to kind of like flip a switch off and stop competing. And Well, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. Here's the, here's the other thing, though. I mean, I, I talk to Steve Clifford on my show every week. I love Cliff. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be here next year. In fact, I think the odds suggest that he's not. But, you know, it's not a coincidence that they turn over the roster. They bring in more maturity and experience and, and you know, a lot of other things. And all of a sudden, they're 3-0. and um, I don't think Steve Clifford is, you know, the greatest head coach in NBA history by any stretch. But you know, let's not let's not forget that before he showed up back here last year, he had made the playoffs in fifty percent of his seasons as an NBA head coach, and he didn't do that in LA and Chicago or you know Dallas and Boston. He did it in Charlotte and Orlando. So um, I, I do think Steve Clifford can coach. Um, you know, I don't know if he's truly given, being given any opportunity to you know earn himself another season right now, but. You know, I'd like to see what he's able to do with these guys the rest of the way, if only out of sheer curiosity. Yeah, I mean, just keep playing basketball the way that they have been, and, and kind of see whatever happens happens type of deal. Yeah, yep. I'm not, I'm not in the boat where you're like, okay, let, let's start losing and trying to get these uh, odds up. So, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. I'll, I'll let you get back to your dad duty or your, your WFNZ duty, and I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. I uh, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, keep doing keep doing your thing with the pod. We always enjoy coming on. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. We wanted to thank Kyle Bailey for joining me today on this episode. For the second segment uh, of this brief episode, I want to get to a few listener questions. Some of these are from Substack, buzzbeat.substack.com, where you can join in on the chat. I typically give priority to these questions. And then we've got questions from Twitter as well. And uh, let's go ahead and address these. The first one comes from Substack from longtime listener Keith. What should be the goal or the goals for the last third of the season? And what are we looking for these last couple of months? And this goes back to Michael's question that I posed to Kyle. And I think the main goal for this team is not to be worried about lottery odds and terms of upping those chances. I think you just play out the season the way the last three games have been played. You try to be competitive. You try to develop good habits. I think that's going to go a long way. I know that momentum sometimes doesn't always carry over from season to season, but you have a a good core of players that feel like they're going to be back again next season. There doesn't seem like there's going to be a ton of turnover. 
I think you use this time to see what you have with the guys that you just acquired from the Thunder, that you just acquired from the Mavericks. I think Grant Williams is a shoe-in for solidifying his spot, heavy minutes next year. I think you can pretty much put Trey Mann's name in pin for a rotational piece as well. But I want to see how the rest of the season plays out for Michich, for Curry, for Bertans. You've got Michich, who's got a $7 million uh, contract next season and a team option the year after. You've got Curry, who's on a cheap contract, but it is non-guaranteed. So if you ever wanted to create some wiggle room, you could do that. But you know, $4 million for Seth Curry, you're not going to find a better option out there, I wouldn't think. And then Davis Bertans has a partially guaranteed contract of $5 million and he technically has that ETO, which I can't imagine he would ever exercise. But just kind of looking at those guys and, and see what they can bring to this team. We already know pretty much what the other guys have. But I think the way that things have been shifted around with the rotation and players are starting to find their role, you'll probably get a better idea of how well they can play. Like Cody Martin, for example, like he is a guy that probably is better suited to play where there's a full complement of players around them. Players are healthy. You have NBA rotational guys around him. It's very hard to judge Cody Martin when he's surrounded by end of the bench guys that are getting heavy minutes. And personally, like I'm, I'm looking for combinations of players that work together. I know Lamella ball should be on the verge of coming back. And the one combination that Kyle and I mentioned uh, in the top half of the episode was playing ball and man together. That should be an interesting pairing. Both have the capability to play on ball and off ball. And I want to see if they can capitalize off each other's playmaking and their relocation skills and kind of getting both of those guys on the court and, and kind of doubling the impact with the way that they can shoot, playmake, play on the ball and things of that nature. I think the biggest question with ball and man, as I mentioned, is how they defend together because I, I don't think either is going to be used often as a primary ball handler defender, but we will definitely see how that pans out. I also want to see just as a team, how this defense sustains through these last 25 to 30 games. They brought in players that maybe not are like, top of the list for defense, but they're definitely hungry and motivated to get minutes. They're they're motivated to kind of prove their worth on the NBA level and take advantage of their playing time. But I want to see them compete on that end until game 82. And I think bringing in Grant Williams will help tremendously, not just because he himself is a good individual defender. He's a good team defender, but also I think he's going to be a guy that holds these guys accountable in practice and on the court and just communicating with the others to make sure that they're in the right places and uh, they're not slipping up. So that is my goal for the rest of the season. I think that should be the Hornets goal for the rest of the season is to play the season out the way that they have been for these past three games. Look at the different combination of players that work, that don't work, because what you're doing now is not necessarily trying to get into the playoffs. You're, you're trying to see how this roster shapes up as we head into the offseason with some some decisions to make this offseason. I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of turnover or acquisitions. I guess maybe there could be some trades, but this is pretty much the team that you're going to see, or at least the bulk of it, as we head into 2024-2025. All right, we've 
We've got a question from Andy Neal on Twitter. What do Hornets do if Mark Williams can't get healthy? Go for SAR or not? And then this kind of goes back to the previous question. You know, they're not going to be able, well, I mean, I guess they get lucky. They can they can move up to the top two or three spots. But, you know, you're not you're not playing this season to try to go get SAR. And deep down, I do think that Mark Williams likely in all likelihood will not play again this season. And while I'd love to see how he fits with the with the newcomers, it doesn't make sense to rush him back. I feel like he and Michich would have some good pick and roll plays, some good synergy, but back injuries can be pretty touchy. And I think Charlotte needs to take their time with him. And as it relates to Sar, you know, I'm not going to act like I know too much about him as a player, which I don't. I don't get into draft scouting until really, really close to the draft. But if the Hornets, you know, jump up in the lottery some somehow, some way, and he's available, I think you take him. You know, I wouldn't just take him for the sake of insurance for Mark Williams, but probably because he's going to be the best player available and you just take the talent. And if he outplays a healthy Mark Williams, that that's a good problem to have. And the Hornets are in a better position because of it. And now you've got three centers with Mark and Nick and, and Saar, and you can adjust their roles accordingly, or you can put one on the trade block and see what you can get back. But yeah, to answer this question, yeah, I'm a little bit hesitant on on whether or not Mark Williams will play again this season. Deep down, like I said, I don't think he will. His health is top priority. And whether or not the Hornets are in a position to draft for SAR or not, I'm not sure. They would have to get lucky in the lottery. But yeah, you definitely take the guy that has talent, even if it means that he is potentially replacing a center that was a draft pick a couple of years ago. But yeah, that back injury is something that that scares me. Question from Russell on Twitter. Assuming they re-sign Bridges this offseason, the major missing piece from the starter seems to be a ball-stopping, defensive-minded two-guard that can provide some outside shooting. Do I agree? And if so, should they pursue this this summer or should they wait? So I, I do agree with the statement. I've been saying this for a bit. Uh, the Hornets need size. The Hornets need a defensive presence at the two. I think outside shooting would be an added bonus. Cody Martin, you know, has these qualities as a two, maybe minus the outside shot, but he he is a guy that provides the defensive presence. He's a guy that I just mentioned that fits his role better when there are better players around him. I think with the pieces that have been added, there are more defined roles on this roster. And I think using Cody Martin as a primary ball handler wasn't cutting it. We saw that experiment the first ever summer league and it produced mixed results. I think Cody Martin can work off a second side type of second secondary ball handler, like playmaking. Like I can see that happening. We've seen his playmaking, but you don't see his playmaking as a guy that's bringing the ball up the court. So Martin could be a starter next to ball and Miller and provide the defensive presence and size I do think the outside shooting, like I mentioned, and like Russell here is mentioning, he doesn't have that. But if you can find a guy that, number one, doesn't have the injury history that Cody Martin has, number two, has some of the same skills, and then if you can have that added bonus at number three and just having a a deep shot, you obviously would have to look 
hard into whether that's a free agent or whether that's a guy that's out on the trade market. It always seems like finding a true three and D guard, three and D wing. I don't think there's a lot of them out there. Like there's always some kind of skill that they are lacking or if they're not lacking, they're just going to be redundant on the Hornets roster. So I have not dug deep into this upcoming class of free agents. I think one guy that just kind of glancing over sticks out to me, DeAnthony Melton, for example. He's an unrestricted free agent, and I think his skill set would translate pretty perfectly for Charlotte. He's not much of a scorer, but he's been above average in terms of a three-point shooter over the course of his career. He's had his ups and downs. He's obviously pretty good on defense. He's a little bit undersized, so I think that's the one thing that is is kind of making me a little bit uh, hesitant on whether or not he'd be the best target out there, but he might actually be one of the better 3 and D two guards out there and see if he can fit within the, the confines of a realistic salary, but you know, even he will have some drawbacks. Like I mentioned, he is undersized. And so when I answer this question, I, I do think they do need to be looking hard at a two guard that has some outside shooting, that has some defensive skills, that has some size, and that pairs perfectly next to LaMelo. But sometimes you, you just kind of stick with the guys that you have with Cody Martin, or you try to find a guy that obviously has no connection to the team with DeAnthony Melton and, and see if he can fit in. Um, we You just never know with free agents. But yeah, I'm going to have to look more into the upcoming free agents that could fill this particular gap. KCP is another guy, uh, but I think he has a player option that's fairly sizable. So those two guys just kind of off the top of my head, like those are the ones that I'm thinking about. I'm sure there's others out there. But whether or not you address it this offseason or you kind of address it as we approach next trade deadline or however you want to do it, I think eventually they're probably going to have to get to that point. But you know, looking at these last three games, you kind of feel a little bit better about the way that this roster is constructed. And sometimes there's just going to be gaps within the roster. And that is one skill that is lacking for the Hornets is, is I mean, it's, it's tough to find those guys that has the combination of skills that were mentioned in this question. So, all right, there are questions from um, Greedo on Twitter, Kevin in the Substack that I'm going to hold off on answering. Some of the questions I covered probably answered a little bit of their answers, but I'm going to wait till closer to the offseason to address those types of questions. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you want to get in on our chat, visit buzzbeat.substack.com and download the app. Thanks to Cal Bailey for joining me, and we will definitely talk to you guys soon. Take care. Go Hornets. O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.